Well, welcome again to the Fine Lion podcast here, devoted to talk all things Brisbane Lions and AFL footy in 2018. Great to have your company back with us as we go through the trials, but mostly the tribulations that is supporting your favourite team, the Brisbane Lions, in this AFL season that has occurred so far. This episode, well, we're going to go back through and look at the game against the Bulldogs last Saturday night that pushed the Lions down to 0-8 so far on the season. Fan line opens up. We look at our Fab Five, the talking points out of the match. And our trivia challenge this week is we go back through the archives and we try and find, in honour of the game this week against Hawthorne, Luke Hodge against his former team, uh, players that have joined Brisbane after winning a premiership. We've found eight of them. Uh, and we're looking forward to delving back into their careers. Thanks again for joining us. It's going to be a big show. Let's get straight into it. Well, if you're a fan of football, Saturday night was not the night for you. After such a good contest against Collingwood last week, uh, to see what Brisbane did serve up against the Bulldogs was ultimately very disappointing. Um, the argument could be made against Collingwood that they deserve to win that game or certainly deserve for the contest to be as tight as it was all the way deep into the fourth quarter. Uh, this game was the antithesis of that. In reality, Brisbane never looked like they were going to compete. Uh, although at times they got close on the scoreboard, it just felt like they were fortunate to be in that spot rather than they'd earned it through constant effort uh, and constant pressure across four quarters. Uh, you look at it, again, it's bad kicking, and this has been a recurring theme so far this year. The turnovers in particular, uh, the Western Bulldogs were so good at capitalising on what Brisbane were throwing up to them. Uh, getting the ball down the field and ultimately kicking a number of goals just from players running in. And Marcus Bontempelli in particular was one who enjoyed a pretty good night because of this. Uh, while we're not quite up to the uh, the level of supporting the TV commentators in particular who lured Marcus Bontempelli as the second coming, he certainly played well but was fortunate to get on the end of a few uh, that probably bolstered him in kicking four goals at the end of the day. Uh, but Brisbane, a game where after so much uh, good was done last week, they've probably gone back against this, against an opponent really that they were expected to challenge, if not uh, ultimately defeat. Um, in the statistics, well, they got a, a really a hiding in most of the key components. Uh, they outdisposed of them, the Bulldogs, 438 to 335, almost 100, over 100 more possessions. Uh, and when you're not going to win any games of footy, when you're not getting the ball, when you're getting the ball 100 times less than your opposition. Uh, the clearances, well, that was a, a decided result as well. Uh, the Bulldogs, 43 clearances to Brisbane's 35. Uh, and they beat them in the contested footy as well, 170 to 149. Also, uh, the Bulldogs are a renowned uh, contested football team. And, and Brisbane had really made that their focus this year. That Their contested ball was one of those pillars that they were going to build this emerging side around. Uh, but they really got a lesson in that by those bigger bodies and the harder bodies uh, that the Bulldogs did throw in there on Saturday. Um, Brisbane out-tackled the Bulldogs. Uh, they had a lot more hit-outs as well, 62-20. to 20. Stephen Martin, in particular, with 49 had a reasonably good game, but it did see that a lot of those hitouts uh, weren't to Brisbane's advantage at all. And in fact, the Bulldogs midfielders, and particularly Jackson McRae, uh, had a real ability to be able to get on the end of the Stefan Martin hitouts and take the ball away cleanly. Um, the free kicks, 21 to 15. Uh, most Lions fans generally feel like they're on the bad end of that stick, and I'm certainly amongst those, but it was no, uh, no influence over the result uh, on Saturday night. Just a better side that ended up coming into Brisbane uh, or coming to Brisbane, I should say, and giving them an almighty touch-up. 
So where to from here? Well, we're going to look at our Fab Five, which are our five talking points out of the game. Our fan line is open, as, as it always is post-game. Looking forward to receiving your tweets and SMSs and chatting about that here on the air. Well, the first thing I think that, um, that we really need to, to pull in a line is that the bad kicking, and that's not just the bad field kicking that's been a real issue for most of this year. Uh, the turnovers for Brisbane have, have just really paralysed them in most of the contests, and most of their opponents seem to almost have a strategy where they're sitting back waiting for those turnovers and then really slingshotting the ball down the down the field. And, uh, and a lot of those loose man goals are being kicked by uncontested people in the square who just get on the end of that chain and are fortunate enough to get that ball. But also really poor goal kicking uh, really cost Brisbane, and, and we were making the comments throughout the um, throughout the broadcast on Twitter that. You know, Brisbane's two key forwards, and, and although Oscar McInerney is one of their key forwards, you know, in terms of experience, their two key forwards, uh, Daniel McStay and also Eric Hipwood, uh, both well and truly had the yips. Daniel McStay kicked two goals, one. Um, he wasn't as accurate as his statistics certainly suggest. And Eric Hipwood, although his score says one goal, two, uh, there was also another four that went out on the full. So when Brisbane is a team who create limited chances, it really is up and up to the forwards to be able to capitalise on those. And, and one of the things we noticed from last year was Brisbane as a side had a really low inside 50 count in 2017. But the conversion rate of those inside 50s to actually translating to goals was actually incredibly strong. Problem being in 2018 so far this year is uh, those inside 50 numbers uh, have stayed at that low level, but their their conversion rate has dropped away. And we saw that in particular uh, in the game against GWS where they were horrifically inaccurate and it, it really did some damage to them in, in keeping them um, you know not in the contest uh, at all. It seemed they rectified it last week against Collingwood, but now it does seem that that has to be an aberration rather than something that's, um, that's going to be a, a tell uh, for future success. So bad kicking is bad football. That's the oldest cliche for anyone that's ever played the game in any, uh, in any level. And certainly Brisbane bad kicking was definitely bad football, both around the ground and shots at goal uh, on Saturday night. And something, again, they've got to continue to, to work on uh, amongst all their other areas that they have, something they've got to continue to rectify. Because if it does continue, it is going to make it really hard for them to, uh, to win games of football. Uh, their eventual ledger was 14 goals, 9, um, 93, but uh, certainly wasn't that accurate uh, when it actually came down to the match itself. Uh, talking point number two is in the gun. Um, you know, who are the players that we're going to be looking uh, for a lift from or, or maybe even spending some time in the needful in the next few weeks? Uh, the Matty Eagles experiment is an interesting one. It probably was a game this week that if Matty Eagles was going to get dropped or, or was going to miss a game, it was probably going to be this one due to the Bulldogs running with a smaller forward line and, and Matty Eagles not having a direct or an obvious matchup uh, up forward. Uh, he would look, he was okay, and he's certainly probably not as good as his opening game uh, last week. And, and it may be one where Brisbane are prepared to persevere with him, but um, Matty Eagles um, just picked up the seven disposals and, and really lacked to have an impact on the contest uh, and also only registered the one tackle as well. Uh, Alan Christensen is one who in the last couple of weeks has dropped away a little bit. He had 14 touches but really lacked uh, an impact to the game. And in fact, a number of his turnovers really did hurt Brisbane. Uh, it seems in the critical moments this year that Alan Christensen's getting the ball in his hands, which is a good thing, but really failing to capitalise. Uh, we had the snap against uh, against Port Adelaide, which got marked on the line by Jared Pollock. And also the uh, the missed goal, or the, the out on the full, we should say, against Collingwood that would have brought them back into the frame. So Christensen's one where uh, no doubt Chris Fagan will want to lift from him if he's going to continue to maintain his place in the side. 
Uh, Lewis Taylor, probably not on the not on the precipice of being dropped, but he was disappointing, and, and we've made the point here on this podcast a number of times that Brisbane generally goes as Lewis Taylor goes. If Lewis Taylor is playing well, Brisbane are playing well. If Lewis Taylor isn't playing well, it's usually a sign that Brisbane are struggling, and that was certainly the case on Saturday night. Just the 10 disposals for Louis Taylor, uh, a couple of tackles, no goals, uh, an ultimately disappointing performance. Following on from his four goals from last week, uh, which would have hoped would have given some confidence and some drive for him to head forward. Uh, Nick Robertson, 10 disposals as well on his way back from injury. Daniel Rich, uh, the 15, um, are probably the other players that will be looking over their shoulder somewhat. Uh, Fairline has opened up, and we have got our first test message, text message, I should say, that's come in, and that is Jack from Browns Plains. Uh, Jack has said, where is the first win going to come from? Well, Jack, that's a that's a really good Really good question. If we look ahead on the draw about what's waiting for Brisbane, Hawthorne this week at the Gabba, we, we don't really anticipate that's going to be a win. Hawthorne are in good form. Uh, and even with the Luke Hodge factor in there, I'm not sure that's going to be enough to catapult Brisbane to, to being competitive even in, in that game. The Swans then come to the Gabba. The way the Swans are going, you probably mark that one down as a loss. Uh, they hand to Etihad then to play North Melbourne. Another game where we probably think North Melbourne in their good form at the moment are likely to get over the top of Brisbane. Um, so we'd anticipate that that's probably going to be a loss as well, which means they're going to head in uh, at 0 and 11 at that point um, with uh, with some real work to be done. The next one, though, could be the one where the duck gets broken. That is Essendon at the Gabba. Essendon not going that well, uh, particularly got beaten by Carlton today as well. So Essendon at the Gabba on June 10 could be the one where Brisbane do break the duck. Uh, which they'd want to because they then have GWS at home, which would likely be a loss. Fremantle away. Uh, Fremantle also in reasonable touch before hosting Carlton back at the Gabba, which may be their next opportunity. But looking ahead on the schedule, uh, the Brisbane uh, and Essendon game, the Brisbane and Carlton game, uh, and probably maybe the Gold Coast Suns and Brisbane game are probably only going to be the chances for the wins which is pretty depressing reading when you consider the um, the expectation or the hype that was there for an improved uh, result on the scoreboard this year. Um, it's no no secret that this is a developing side. It's no secret that this is a side that uh, is going to take a few years at the least to mature uh, and get to winning and being competitive in that top eight, but certainly uh, one or two win seasons, if, if we even get to that point, being the zeros on the board at the moment, uh, not good for club morale and, and certainly not good for attraction and retention, which is always an issue being up here in the great north. Um, but uh, Jack from Browns Plains, thank you so much for your message. Uh, let's hope it's going to be me be this weekend, but if not, um, certainly coming in the next couple of weeks with that Essendon clash that is coming up. Uh, our point three on our Fab Five is the Zork. Has he worked it out? Well, Dane Zorko, uh, while not as prolific as last week, picked up 24 disposals on the weekend and kicked four goals again in back-to-back performances. It was a terrific effort from Dane Zorko to work through a really uh, solid tag that he was copying um, pretty much all the way throughout the game um, from his direct opponent, which was Mitch Honeychurch. Honeychurch also got 23 disposals, so certainly picked up a lot of the ball, but it did look like um, you know Dane Zorko uh, has looked at, at different ways that he can sort of break that tag and, and be that on the move from the stoppages, be that focusing on that defensive side of his game first. Um, it certainly does look like it is working for him now, and he, he might have being able to um, to work through it. Uh, he also laid seven tackles on the weekend, which is a really good sign for Dane uh, when he is up and about that those tackle numbers 
uh, something that he does pride himself on. Uh, a couple of plaudits in that as well. Daniel McStay actually had eight tackles, which is a credit to Daniel and the pressure that he was laying. Uh, Mitch Robinson had 12, um, so the usual wholehearted effort from Mitch Robinson. And one of the, the comments that we made out throughout the game as well, that when Mitch Robinson is around the ball, Generally, good things happen for Brisbane. Uh, his manic pressure is something that isn't really replicated by any other member of the side. So to have him in around the ball and tackling and harassing and niggling and pressuring um, as he does uh, as he does best is a really good thing for Brisbane's midfield, and, and we hope to see more of it. Number four, Charlie, not bad. Well, Charlie Cameron uh, was probably one of Brisbane's best. Again, he had 18 disposals. He kicked three goals. He laid eight tackles. Uh, the problem for Brisbane is that they've only got one Charlie Cameron. Ideally, they'd love one of them up around the goals and one of them around the ball in the midfield. At the moment, they're robbing Peter to pay Paul to have him down and around the footy uh, because when he is up forward, he really does give them something to be working through uh, and someone to be aiming at. But he's been spending some more time down and around the ball, which is a good sign for Brisbane. Um, but we're going to hope that urgence of the second-year midfielders or the second-tier midfielders as well are going to give him more opportunity to get back up in that forward line uh, and spend time where he does do a lot of damage. Here's a player that if he does spend time up in that forward line, six touches can correlate to five goals, and that's no doubt why Brisbane brought him to the club to rectify their scoring issues. Uh, the fifth point that we had out of our Fab Five is the kids are all right. Uh, and our point on that is that the kids actually were not too bad for Brisbane on Saturday night. Uh, Tom Cutler, again, he's been in a strong vein of form. He had 22 disposals. Alex Witherden gave him a good drive off the half-back line, saved for one error where he copped an almighty spray from Luke Hodge, 18 disposals. Jared Berry had 20. Hugh McCluggage, 15. Uh, so the kids were, were pretty good on Saturday night. It was really the more experienced players that struggled. The Christiansons, Dane Beams only had 17 disposals. Uh, also, Luke Hodge, uh, 13. So there's probably um, probably some things there that, um, that Chris Fagan will be very pleased about in that the young kids are adapting to that pace of the AFL. But some concerns that he's probably likely to have on those more experienced players uh, not leading the team as he would have hoped. Uh, but that's our Fab Five for this week. We've got another text message in on the uh, fan line, and that is from Rick at Boondall, who Rick seems to be our, our favourite man lately. We hear from Rick most weeks. Uh, Rick just simply says, Hodgie, is he done? Well, that's a really good question, Rick. Um, not his finest game again on Saturday night, Luke Hodge, and it does seem like a couple of weeks in a row he has struggled, uh, although he was very influential in the last quarter, uh, both against the Gold Coast and also not bad against Collingwood last week. Um, look, I'd anticipate that um, the Luke Hodge would be the first one when he feels like his play isn't at a consummate level where he can deliver value to this Brisbane side to put his hand up and say to, to Chris Fagan, it might be time for me to join you in the box. It won't be this week because he's playing against Hawthorne and, and I imagine that game's been circled and underlined and highlighted on his calendar for quite a few months. Um, but in the coming weeks after that, uh, you imagine he probably will take on Sydney. Some experience down back will be good for that clash. He'll want to play that Essendon game that we mentioned and then it might be time for Luke to have a a week or two off um, when he does also then head, or in Brisbane, I should say, head across west uh, to take, take on Perth, uh, or to take on the uh, the Fremantle Dockers, I should say, at the new Optus Stadium. So um, it might be time there for Luke to, to have a couple of weeks out, but I'd anticipate we're going to see plenty of Luke Hodge across the next few weeks, and hopefully being the champion he is, he can bounce back and give us plenty. Uh, a tweet that's just come in from the Soaring Eagles 9, uh, obviously a Matty Eagles fan we've got, 
Uh, he tweets, we've had a, we have a squad so young that they'll be around long enough for the statistical variance to result in a win. Uh, that's a very good point uh, there, the Soaring Eagles. You, you're probably right. What goes up must come down. What goes down must come up. Uh, and you would think that uh, just through pure weight of numbers and, and hopefully pure weight of effort that Brisbane aren't too far off that win. But uh, appreciate the bit of humour there on an otherwise dark night for Brisbane uh, from the Soaring Eagles 9. Uh, good follow on Twitter. So we're going to uh, head now to our trivia challenge for this week. Uh, and with Hawthorne being in town, we thought it appropriate, of course, their former champion, Luke Hodge, joining us this year to uh, to go back into the archives and look at the players that have joined the Brisbane Lions after winning a premiership. Uh, we didn't think there was that many, but there turns out there is eight. Uh, some obvious, some not so obvious, and some pretty interesting names we're going to throw up across the next minute or two. Uh, the first one is a man who we've spoken plenty about so far tonight, uh, and no doubt we're going to be talking plenty about this week as he takes on his former team, and that is Luke Codge, uh, a four-time Premiership player, 2008, 2013, 2014, and 2015. Uh, he has been a magnificent football player and one of the great uh, leaders and great players um, both across the Hawthorne history of their football club and also the AFL in large. So Luke Hodge is our first former Premiership player making the move this year to join uh, Chris Fagan up in Brisbane. Uh, he is number one on our list. Number two is one of the most celebrated uh, footballers that have joined the Lions, a cult hero in his years here, and that was Martin Pike. Uh, Martin Pike, <coughs> excuse me, a wonderful footballer as well. He won his first premiership in 1999 with the North Melbourne Kangaroos uh, before some off-field issues resulted in him um, being delisted and, and Brisbane eventually picking him up. Uh, and for Brisbane, he was a terrific, terrific player. Uh, he was a versatile player who could swing forward, swing back, play a lot of time on the wing as well uh, and was very hard in, uh, in his attack at the ball and attack at the man uh, as a lot of those players throughout those legendary teams were. Uh, he won in 2001, he won in 2002, he won in 2003. Uh, he uh, only just probably blemished his sheet in 2004 after the grand final uh, with the alleged headbutt on uh, Michael Bowers. Uh, never confirmed nor denied, but uh, enough people there who said it happened to imagine that it might have occurred in Pikey after a couple of... Uh, couple of skewies under the belt might have got a little bit excited and Michael Bauer was probably the wrong man in the wrong situation at the wrong time but uh, Martin Pike on the ads to the mystique of Martin Pike a wonderful footballer uh, who played uh, many many good games for Brisbane uh, he ended up playing 106 games in total uh, kicking 67 goals and being part of all three premiership teams in 2001 2002 and 2003 uh, our next player is another current player uh, and that is Dane Beam so Dane Beams, uh, the captain now of Brisbane, he joined us from Collingwood. Uh, he played a number of games down in Collingwood, uh, 110 in total, kicked 118 goals, a very good goal-kicking midfielder, half-forward. In his early years at Collingwood, uh, which included him winning the 2010 Grand Final as a part of that Magpies side, uh, he won that game and then, of course, uh, elected, um, he elected to come home to Brisbane or, or come back north to Brisbane uh, in two, so the start of the 2015 season um, and has become a real good, a really great player and a great leader for Brisbane in the start of their resurgence. Uh, so Dane Beams is our third former Premiership player who has made the move north. We can only hope he's going to add to that tally uh, in a few years' time while he's still around in Brisbane. 
Player number four is uh, another current player, funnily enough, and that is Alan Bundy Christensen. Alan Christensen, part of the 2011 winning uh, Geelong side who won the grand final uh, that year, I believe, beating Port Adelaide from memory. Uh, Bundy played 65 games down there at Geelong and has racked up uh, another 30-odd up here in Brisbane. Uh, he was a premiership player, as he mentioned, in that 2011, that uh, all-conquering Geelong side that not only won it in 2011, but also uh, a few premierships in the years preceding that also. So Alan Christensen, another one who came uh, north to Queensland for family and, and personal reasons, uh, our fourth player, who is the premiership player that has joined Brisbane. Uh, his teammate in that side, who's not with Brisbane anymore, but certainly did join Brisbane for a brief period after playing in that 2011 Premiership for Geelong, and that is Trent West. Trent West played 54 games down at Geelong, uh, then came north to Brisbane. He was traded here before the start of the 2014 season. He played uh, across three years, 2014, 15, and 16, uh, only racking up the 16 uh, games. He did have a serious knee injury in one of those years uh, and ended up with 70 games in total, uh, but that 2011 Premiership under his belt. Uh, Trent was a, a wonderful professional when he was here for Brisbane, uh, played a lot of games in the needful side when he wasn't injured, uh, and certainly provided some uh, some strong leadership in a very young group. Uh, our next player and our sixth mention is uh, a gentleman who played in a premiership with Brisbane, uh, but also played in a premiership for Essendon, and that is Blake Carousella. Blake Carousella was part of the 2003 Premiership winning Brisbane side, but won the flag in the year 2000 with the Essendon Bombers. Uh, he was a, a lively half-forward wingman type um, who we mentioned last week as a very big fan of the long-sleeve jersey as well. Um, he played uh, he played 126 games in the end for Essendon, 151 goals before the end of 2002 when he was um, somewhat controversially traded to Brisbane. Not a popular move amongst the Essendon faithful, that one. But he ended up with 34 games and 33 goals up here for Brisbane before at the end of the 2004 season, uh, Brisbane moved him on to Collingwood where he kicked, uh, played another 27 games and kicked 34 goals before that neck injury, uh, as we mentioned last, uh, last week, uh, unfortunately caused by Tim Notting. So uh, Blake Carousella, um, a good player and, and certainly a premiership winning player at two clubs, which is no mean feat. Our last two is where we start to delve into the archives and, uh, and, and back to the think tank a little bit more. Uh, player number seven was Amon Buchanan. So for those that uh, follow the footy very closely, the name Amon Buchanan will be a familiar one to you. Uh, he played 116 games in Sydney, including the Premiership in 2005, and was in fact one of the very best performers and probably only just got shaded in winning the Norm Smith in uh, in that 2005 win over West Coast in one of the best grand finals that we've ever seen. Uh, so Amon Monty Buchanan, he played there. Then he uh, he got traded to Brisbane uh, as part of the um, the infamous trades that happened that year. The the Favola, the Reigns, the Staker, the Xavier Clark, and the Amon Buchanan um, influx that joined Brisbane, believing they were on the precipice of a premiership there. Uh, he only managed 18 games for Brisbane, but again, another one who was particularly professional in his performance, but also in his preparation, uh, which Michael Voss found invaluable for the young group they had at the time. Which means our eighth and probably most obscure premiership player 
uh, and it's going to take some pretty diehard Brisbane fans here to be able to name this one. Uh, that is a gentleman who joined the Brisbane Lions in 1999. He only stayed for one year and he only played nine games. Uh, but prior to that, he'd played 92 games for the Essendon Bombers, including the 1993 Grand Final, and that is David Calthorpe. So David Calthorpe, uh, a midfielder, a solidly built midfielder, uh, was a very influential player in that 1993 Grand Final. Um, he got the ball from the centre and uh, and kicked a goal uh, on the run from a, from a fair distance out that uh, really sort of eventually finished off that grand final and gave Essendon the flag. He played 92 games for Essendon, nine games for Brisbane, and then he uh, got delisted or got traded uh, and then ended up 10 games, or 13 games, I should say, and 10 goals in his last season for the Kangaroos. So uh, there's our Fab 8, and that is Luke Hodge, Martin Pike, Dane Beams, Alan Christensen, Trent West, Blake Carousella, Amon Buchanan, and David Calthorpe. Uh, some names from the archives there. Uh, we're looking ahead this week. We're going to come back with our preview later in the week, but Hawthorne at the Gabba. Um, this one, all the talking points this week will be about Luke Hodge against his former side, but it would only be the most ardent Brisbane fan who would go into this week believing that they're going to win. Uh, it may be a tough day, and there may be, as Chris Fagan likes to call it, Plenty of teaching points to be coming out of this weekend's contest. Uh, but we thank so much for listening. It's always good to have you along, and we look forward to coming back to you later in the week.